You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. That's me. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, my friend. This podcast is, I'm not kidding, legit one of my favorite aspects of my job. And it's just a joy to get the honor of showing up in your earbuds or speakers twice a week with encouragement, business and life education, and hopefully at times some good laughs. At least I like to think I'm funny sometimes. Anyways, <laughs> if you have been a fan of the show in any capacity, it would mean the absolute world if you took two minutes to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can pause this episode right now and go write some love and then come back because this episode is going to be so, so good. All right, here you go. I'm going to let you pause right now. D did you pause? Did you go leave a review? Because if you didn't, I'm going to give you another chance. Okay, I'm being nice today. All right, and pause. Okay. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for leaving that review as I know you did because you're awesome and you didn't just click right through all of this because that's not the kind of person you are. All right. <laughs> Sassy Lindsay over. Jokes aside, today's guest is the incredible Vanessa Hicks, a destination wedding and portrait photographer based out of San Diego, California. She is a military spouse and Navy veteran as well. She truly believes in empowering others and the importance of documenting her client's legacy. She has been published worldwide and has been voted Hawaii's number one wedding photographer back-to-back -back in 2008 and 2019. When she doesn't have a camera in her hand, you can find her with a Starbucks cup in her hand at Disneyland, watching Harry Potter or The Office on reruns, or just lounging at the beach with an umbrella drink in hand. Vanessa used to live in Hawaii and I know her personally. She is so incredible and we couldn't wait to have her on the show to talk about a topic she speaks and teaches on all the time, mental health. Today's episode is a vulnerable, honest, sit-down girl chat between Vanessa, Evie, and myself. And Vanessa doesn't hold anything back as we discuss the realities of mental health, entrepreneurship addiction, the stigma around loving work and loving, quote unquote, the hustle, and how to navigate COVID's effect on our mental health, and honestly, so much more. She nearly brought me to tears multiple times, and I know without a shadow of a doubt how impactful her words will be with you today. If you are feeling just blah this season, this year, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, alone, and you just honestly need some sunshine and truth in your life today, look no further. Well, I mean, like, listen no further, because I guess this is like a podcast. Um, <laughs> Vanessa is the friend that's going to give you the most inspiring pep talk today. All right, let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Vanessa, welcome to the freaking show. We're so stoked for today's chat. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and, you know, so honored that you guys asked me and even thought of me. So thank you for having me. 
Oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. You're one of the people, I think we said this before we started recording, but you have been on our list of people that we wanted to have on the show from the minute we started the podcast. So this is a a fun day to have this actually happening right now. So for anyone who doesn't know you, why don't you tell us your story and just a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today? Fantastic. Well, um, first off, again, I can't even believe that I was even on your radar, but um, <laughs> thank you again so much for having me. Um, for anybody that doesn't know me, my name is Vanessa Hicks. Um, I am a destination wedding and portrait photographer. I am currently in San Diego. Um, we are a military family. Actually moved from Hawaii, where I met Lindsay at. Um, yeah. During the, yeah. During this pandemic, which was really fun. I hope you guys can hear the sarcasm in that. Um, (laughs) We are getting as settled as possible uh, here in San Diego. Um, I have been full-time in business six years this month, actually. Um, And Um, I've also moved my business, though, four times in those six years. So um, that's fun. Um, But luckily, you know, with uh, strategic planning and all that, I'm able to have moved my business so many times to different markets and be more successful each place that I've gone. Um, So I have big hopes and dreams uh, for here in San Diego. Um, I'm a mom to two beautiful daughters, and I'm also a stepmom to another beautiful daughter. Uh, My husband is active duty military, hitting 21 years. So I'm very, very proud of him. Uh, And I'm also a Navy veteran as well. Um, really the most important things out of all of those things is that I love Starbucks, Disney, and The Office. It's really all you need to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I well, I feel like you're even humble in that, despi- I can't talk, in the description of yourself, you literally are so incredible, Vanessa. You've grown like a successful six-figure wedding photography business. I mean, you kind of said that, but you speak on business and mental health, which we're going to get into. You even host your own mastermind. Like you travel all over the country shooting couples. Like you are a rock star. Let's not downplay that at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I guess the first question before we start diving into all the mental health topic stuff, how did you actually grow your business to where it is today? Like what, how did you navigate that? Well, and I love that you said that I downplayed. It's always awkward, right? Anybody that's listening knows that it's awkward right. to talk about yourself. I'm always just like, if you love The Office and Disney, we're friends. Um, but for me, uh, growing my business, I started my business six years ago, like I mentioned. Um, I had a corporate job um, that I I didn't love. Actually, I didn't love it at all. Um, but I was doing photography just on the side, kind of like a lot of people's story. Um, one day, I walked into my corporate job a week before my husband was scheduled to deploy for a year and was told that my department was being eliminated due to budget cuts. A year before, uh, before a week before my husband was scheduled to deploy for a year. And when he came back, we were moving. And so that was fun. There's going to be a lot of that is fun type of talks in here. <laughs> um, so after a, a huge breakdown, I had worked my way up into the corporate world. Uh, my husband asked me a question that really changed everything. And he said, you know, if money wasn't an issue, and believe me, it is. <laughs> but he was like, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? And he knew I hated my job. And so I actually had a photo session with a friend that weekend. And I kind of blurted out, I'd be a photographer. 
And so I waited for him to like laugh in my face and tell me to get a quote unquote real job because I got student loans and debt and all the other things. But he didn't. He was like, okay. He was like, try it out. He was like, I've seen your photos. And Lindsay and Navy, that's how you guys know that it's love because my photos sucked six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I've seen your photos, you know, try it out. He was like, if it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, when we move, you can go back into the workforce. And here we are six years later, you know, and it just worked. A lot of obstacles, you know, my, my six years are very different than most people's of, you know, most entrepreneurs who get to be in one location. Um, I've had to reinvent, rebrand, regrow, remarket all of those things every couple of years. Um, and that's hard. It, it, it's, believe me, it's not for the weak. And I had to realize very early on that for me, failure wasn't an option. Um, and I also had to put blinders on because if I sat for my entire career and compared myself to other photographers who do get the luxury of being in one location, um, I never would be as successful as I am now. Um, and even now with the success that I have, um, I still look at others. I mean, you guys are inspirations to me, you know, I'm like, wow, look at what they've created and what they've done. And I just have to remind myself that my journey is just a little different. And that's okay. I love Ugh. that. That's so good. I think it's so important for any entrepreneur in any situation. You know, for some entrepreneurs, I know it's easy to look at maybe your story, Vanessa, and be like, dang, she's had the opportunity to travel and like, you know, move to these cool places. And she got to move to Hawaii. And like, you know, they they don't understand the the work that might go into it or the struggle that comes along with that. Or, you know, uh, it's comparison is just such a freaking thief of so much. And I love that you just shared, you know, your journey with that. And the fact that putting on those blinders was a huge part of what allowed you to continue to like grow and create and find your own path and walk your own path. Absolutely. I think, you know, in anybody's journey, just like you said, with social media and all these things, we're going to dive deep into how that affects your mental health, but it, it was a big key to my success mm-hmm. and having yeah. that on, um, it, again, was a very big key to my success because every time you move and you're looking at new photographers that are in the area and who are already established. And then right when you get established, you up and move again. Right. And, and, it, and it's just a constant, uh, it, that's a mental cycle in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. but keeping those blinders on knowing that, you know, failure, um, again, isn't an option and, that's just my motivation to keep moving forward. Yeah. Ugh, I think so a good. lot of uh, military spouses or wives or husbands even could probably really relate to, I mean, I relate to what you said and I know a lot of other people do too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's, there's obviously the great pro that we have created businesses that can up and move with us. But then when you get down to the nitty gritty of what it takes to up and move your business, over and over and over again, you know, there's, there's nothing but business courses on how to, um, build a business, but then what do you do when you have to move that? And so, you know, I, I mentor on that a lot. I I speak on that in my mastermind a lot, um, helping people with a roadmap on how to exactly do it because I know, because I've moved so many times. So, um, uh, and, and again, this topic that we're talking about, you know, especially when we get down to the end of this podcast 
is understanding, you know, that your mental health, your foundation needs to be in any situation, but especially in entrepreneurship needs to be rock solid in order to um, any obstacles that we will face as entrepreneurs. Yes. And amen. Okay. Well, let's just go straight into it then. You've kind of like, we've tiptoed around and been like, oh, we're going to talk about mental health. So let's talk about it. (laughs) Um, Can you walk us through your story with mental health? Has that always been something that you've struggled with for your whole life? Or did it become more prevalent and more present in your life when you started your business? Kind of, you know, open the door for your personal journey through mental health. Well, my journey, again, is (laughs) when I look on it, it's so crazy that, you know, maybe I was blinded by the struggles that I had. Um, But my journey started about five years ago. Um, I believe that, you know, I wasn't didn't open the door one day or wake up one day and and I had a mental illness. That's something that has been with me my entire life. Um, I grew up in Hawaii and that sounds great, right? You grow up in paradise. Um, but I also grew up with druggy and alcoholic parents. So I came from addicts um, and we lived in poverty and, and all of these things. And so, you know, my struggles started back then. I just didn't know it. Um, and then I joined the military at 17. It was my legal way of running away from home. I thought that I washed myself from, you know, what I grew up with, but I didn't. And then I found myself in a uh, abusive uh, marriage, my first marriage. Um, By the time I was 25, I had two toddlers and I was a single mom, you know, and I went through everything that a single parent could have gone through. Um, I remember my car getting repoed. I remember moving in the middle of the night because I couldn't afford rent. Um, I remember thinking that I was not a good enough parent for my two daughters. Um, you know, there, there's happy endings to these things. Um, but, I, you know, I met my husband, my current husband, and we got married. And I was finally happy. And not only happy, but I felt safe, Right. And then I started a business and all of these things. And the brain is funny, guys. So right when you, especially if you have any sort of trauma, right when you feel safe and happy is when the brain is like, oh, okay, you good? All right, so now all these things that you ran away from, we're going to bring that over to the frontal cortex and you are going to deal with it. Well, <laughs> of course, I'm happy running a business, being successful. And I find myself um, having severe panic attacks and anxiety episodes that were manifesting into allergic reactions. And I was finding myself having anaphylactic shocks and in the hospital and not understanding what was going on. Um, Long story short, my case was sent up to the University of Virginia. I had every allergy testing possible. Uh, This is after an eight-day stay in the hospital and four days in the ICU. And they came back to let me know that I was allergic to a sycamore tree. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not Pocahontas. I'm not hugging up on a sycamore tree. So it made no sense, right, as to why I'm having these anaphylactic shocks that the doctors are telling me could kill me. And so on day six of an eight-day stay in a hospital, uh, a doctor that wasn't on my normal rounds came in. And he sat down and he had his real calming voice. And he was like, you know, how are you? 
Do you feel safe at home? All of these things, right? And I immediately knew who he was or what he was. And I remember just like screaming for him to get out of my hospital room. I'm not crazy, you know, because that's what we think, right? Like, I'm like, I'm not crazy. There's something wrong with me. I'm not crazy. Get out. And he left me his card. And after I got out of the hospital that time, um, you know, all my friends and, and my husband, you know, they're like, why don't you go? Right. And, and again, you guys have to remember, I had overcome all of these obstacles that had came at me and I'm running a business and I didn't understand what was wrong. Right. So I, I went to therapy to prove people wrong, that I wasn't crazy. Like they were what I thought that they were saying. And I remember sitting in the, the therapist's office and laid out my life. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with all that you've overcome and what you've done. Um, but you are a ticking time bomb. You know, um, he was like, eventually you were bound to explode, um, which I believe is what you've done. And I believe that your anxiety is playing a part in these anaphylactic shocks. Um, and knock on wood, it's been six years. I haven't had an episode since. Um, the only time that my body will react to anxiety like that is I'll break out in the highs. And I feel like it's my body telling me, okay, you're almost gone. Calm it down, girl. Um, and so <laughs> through that, um, I found out that I, um, suffer from anxiety and depression and PTSD as well. Um, and years of therapy, I learned how to uh, work through the triggers that was associated with that. And again, a lot of that stemmed from my childhood um, and my first marriage. And right when I got my bearings under control, um, my business was succeeding even more. And then I found that the things that I was learning in therapy you know, how to work through these triggers wasn't working. And so going back into therapy, I found that creative entrepreneurs suffer from pretty much the same triggers, you know, uh, in terms of anxiety or any sort of mental illness, but we don't realize it. And here's the kicker, guys. Most entrepreneurs who do suffer or even have times of suffering uh, with mental illness, we use it as a pro. We can be very successful with a mental illness or mental triggers. For example, let's say you can't sleep. You suffer from insomnia, uh, uh, in, excuse me, pause. You suffer from insomnia, you know, so you're worrying that's due to anxiety. Well, guess what? Guess what that means as a photographer? I can edit all night to four or five o'clock in the morning and work on my website and do all of these things. I built a very successful business um, by being an over worrier, right? What is What can go wrong? And I've done that. And so what happens in people who run uh, who are in the creative entrepreneur space is that they don't recognize these triggers because it looks like a pro in their business. Mm. I'm a hustler. I do X, Y, Z. And actually that's your mental health. And that's like triggers that are, you know, uh, being forced at you. And eventually you're going to crumble. So I know that was like a really long winded answer to that, but Yeah. <laughs> No, that was so powerful. And first off, just thank you for being vulnerable and sharing just the the depth of your story and what mm -hmm. got you to where you are today. Just thank you for being willing to open up in this space and share your journey with us because I can tell you right now, a lot of people can relate to that story. And mm -hmm. I, your story is so inspiring, Vanessa. Like I'm, I almost am in tears right now because one, just the things that you've overcame, but then two, you even realizing 
that you needed to ask for help. Like you needed to go to therapy. Like you, like accepting and saying, hey, I need help is I think one of the first things that we can do. And I'm just so inspired by your story. And I just wanted to tell you that before I got into the next question as we like kind of navigate on to the rest of uh, this interview. Well, thank you. I mean, that, that means a lot. And, and, you know, for therapy, I always say that that was the, and still is um, the most courageous thing uh, I have done and that anybody else can do asking for help. And I yeah. hope that with this podcast and with your platform and all of our platforms, we continue to remind people that um, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, it's a very honorable and very courageous act to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you kind of touched on it at the end there of your answer, but my, I guess my next question is let's kind of navigate into what your thoughts are on mental health, specifically in the entrepreneurship space. Um, Cause you kind of alluded to it, but it can be so isolating and so lonely, especially when you're working from your house, when you don't have to go to a physical workplace and you don't have coworkers like a traditional job. So my question is, how do you personally take care of your mental health as an entrepreneur? And then kind of, we can go from there. Perfect. Um, so I wanted to give you guys um, and any of the listeners just a few facts about how mental health um, plays a part um, in entrepreneurship, um, that entrepreneurs are twice as likely to suffer from depression. They're six times more likely to suffer from ADHD. They're three times more likely to suffer from substance abuse, 10 times more likely to suffer from bipolar disorder, twice as likely to have a psychiatric hospitalization, and twice as likely to have suicidal thoughts. So and this is my research that I've done and the research with my therapist as well. So when I say that I understand what so many people probably are so afraid right now listening to this, the studies don't lie. The, the facts don't lie that by choosing this journey of building a business of our dreams and living our dream life, if we are not paying attention to these triggers, it could actually be harming us, right? And, and and I speak on it so candidly because I want people to know that, you know, that I believe you can have both, but I do think that you have to be paying attention to these things. For example, you mentioned isolation. Look at what we're doing right now um, during, you know, coronavirus and COVID-19. So for me, um, therapy is obviously a, a very big part. Um, I, for my mental health and my self-care, um, I had to figure out quickly what my non-negotiables were in my business. Um, and that could be very different for many people. For example, a non-negotiable for me in my business is I don't take any uh, work Saturday mornings. Why? Because typically, uh, coronavirus before, um, my daughters have things like tennis or volleyball or any of their activities. And usually games happen Saturday mornings. So that quickly had to be a non-negotiable when my eight-year-old came to me one year and said, hey, mom, you know, you didn't attend any of my soccer games this year, right? You want to talk about mental health and a trigger. There you go. Oh. Um, and also on the Side, yeah. On the flip side, right at the same day, my husband also let me know where I was failing as a wife, right? So I had to create non-negotiables to take care of to take care of me because um, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes these triggers that we have, 
look like a good thing. Like I am a hustler. I am constantly working. I'm doing all of this. Well, that's because my anxiety doesn't like the quiet. Why? Because when it's quiet, I have to actually listen, right? And and deal with whatever it is that I'm literally running from. And so um, I created these non-negotiables. I I make sure I have days off in my business. I don't work the holidays. Um, Before 2020, um, I usually take all of December off. Why? Because December is Christmas and I love the holidays and I love everything about Christmas. And I don't want to deal with any clients during the holiday season. So I, I... create a business plan that has me work 11 months out of the year so I can take December off. Um, and then also I make sure to feel when I am having times of anxiety or depression or anything like that. Most of the time we have, um, we make the anxiety or depression or anything like that worse because we're trying to run from it instead of feeling it. Right. So I usually set a timer and if I'm having a blah day, I set a timer for an hour and I actually feel it, right? I'm blah, I'll eat some ice cream, I'll cry, I'll do nothing, whatever it may be. And then when that timer goes off, okay, your body's like, okay, well, thank you. Thank you for accepting this. Thank you for giving it space. Now we're good. Now we're going to pick up the pieces and and keep moving forward. So um, the best piece of advice that I've gotten from my therapist that I always share with people is that it is okay to land there, but it's not okay to unpack there. And so mm. I encourage anybody who, you know, again, feels or goes through anything like this, that it is okay to land there. But the minute you start unpacking there, it's harder to pack back up, get back on the plane and go. So yeah, that's kind of a, a long answer of how I take care of myself. <laughs> No, that's so good. I think that's so important too. To I've never heard anybody explain it that way. Of you know, a lot of entrepreneurs think that they are hustlers, or you know, they just love work. But the reality is, you know, slowing down makes them feel anxious, and it makes them feel anxious because they have unresolved you know stuff that they haven't dealt with or addressed or whatever. I've literally never heard it explained that way. But that makes so much sense. And that's something that I obviously not fully aware of the situation really dealt with last year um, of I love working and slowing down made me feel unproductive and like I wasn't, you know, good enough or whatever. And it was a whole journey of me to learn to fully embrace rest and actually enjoy, you know, moments of silence and days off and doing nothing and that's so interesting to realize that for a lot of people, maybe not everyone, but a, a lot of us might actually have some triggers that we don't recognize as triggers. Yeah. Yes. And, and they're not it as a bad thing. Remember, it's when you look at any of the um, side effects, I guess is the right word of anxiety, a side effect of something else, um, manic, you know, anything like that, there's these very highs. And then when you look at it, what we do in our businesses, you can be like, huh? Yes. I mean, like you said, you had an incredible successful year last year. And again, I don't know. And I'm not saying that it has to have dealt with something, but I bet if you started unpeeling the layers, were you running from something? Was there a reason behind it? You know, like, and then when you took that time to rest, you know, when it all kind of hit you, 
you know, you ha- then you have to unpack that and deal with it. Because remember, that brain is funny. It's like, oh, okay, you're safe. You're good. All right. Now I'm going to bring this up. And now you have to deal with it, right? Because there's no more fight or flight in it. If, mm. if when you study on mental health, you'll learn of the fight or flight. And that is what your body is trying to do. So when you rest, there is no more fight or flight risk there. So now it's like, mm. okay, cool. Now you're going to deal with this and you cannot push it back down. Um, yeah. The brain's funny. <laughs> I love that you said I let myself sit in it and I let myself feel because I think it also goes to what you said of people are afraid to be silent. They're afraid to be alone with their thoughts. That's almost why, like you said, entrepreneurs love the hustle, love the work mentality. One, they feel accomplished. They feel successful. But then two, they're almost avoiding what is going to happen if you allow yourself to just sit and not do anything and let your mind just rest. Like, if you're not in a healthy place, where what are things that are going to come up? And I think people are terrified of that. And But I think that's the healthy thing to do is to actually do that work, to feel those emotions, do that work, to sit and digest and actually understand why am I doing what I'm doing? Where are my motivations coming from? And how can I do them from a healthy place? Right. And, and there's got to be a listener right now. If you guys are anything like me, I'm a sweaty beast, right? So somewhere, one of you guys are sweating right now. You're getting a little uncomfortable because you're feeling the little pricklies on your neck because you're like, huh, like this might be the first time that your eyes are open to some of your unhealthy entrepreneur streaks. I always say when, when I'm a healthy entrepreneur, I do X, Y, Z. I, I blog three times a week. I, I take days off. My computer is closed by eight when I'm a healthy entrepreneur. When I'm an unhealthy entrepreneur, I never sleep. I live off Red Bull. You know, I get a lot done, but that's not healthy. And if we want to, and Lindsay, you guys have created, you know, such a brand about longevity, right? You guys aren't a shortcut type of people, right? No, I'm going to teach you how to do things. And that's how I am. So if you also want to be an entrepreneur for the long haul, you have to understand that while you may not have, and I always say this, not everybody that is listening is going to have a mental health illness, a mental health diagnosis. But you know what we all have? We all have mental health, just like physical health. And that does not mean just because you have never been diagnosed with something that you may not have episodes of it. Everybody yeah. can name a time that they felt anxious. Does not mean doesn't mean you have an anxiety disorder, but we all have mental health. And I think that's yeah. really important to to know. Mm, that's Definitely. so good. Yeah, that's something Lindsay and I have actually been really, really focusing on the last like two years ourselves, especially in our in our personal lives, in our businesses, and as educators, in order to play the long game and be a sustainable business owner and a sustainable entrepreneur, you have to take care of yourself, both like mentally, emotionally, physically, like spiritually, whatever that that looks like. It's so much more than just like taking care of your business because you can crash and burn so hard in the entrepreneurial world if you're not careful. So I love, love that we're talking about this today. Um, I have like a, a, a follow-up question that I would love to ask just for clarification for anyone who's listening to this who maybe is feeling stressed over the fact that does hustling equal 
running from something. I feel like I I, I would love to just kind of unpack that because I know we've talked about you know, you may be running from something or you may be ignoring these triggers, but do you feel like it's possible as an entrepreneur to be really productive and work really hard and also have a solid mental health and taking breaks and all of that? Do you feel like that's a possible place to reach? Oh, absolutely. I think as with anything with life, as long as you have set boundaries, right? Your boundaries mm-hmm. may look very different than mine. Like, I mean, I got two teenagers, right? So like <laughs> my boundaries may be very different than Lindsay's with a toddler running around or someone who doesn't have a kid or, or anything like that, right? So it is not a one size fits all type of situation, right? And I also believe of seasons of hustle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And I think only you as a listener, as an entrepreneur out there, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you unpack the layers and, and really be honest with yourself, you know, if you've set healthy boundaries in your business, um, one of the triggers that entrepreneurs face, um, is the fact that they have their identity and their self-worth a part of their business. Right. Yep. Um, and the, it's from Forbes that this, quote that I love that I wanted to share. Her name is, the woman's name is Lisa Harris. And she wrote the adrenaline of the launch, the calm energy of focus flow, the brittle jittery high of riding a 2am workday, the terror of feeling the mass slip of telling an upbeat story to customers as panic churns in your guts, the grief of failure and the relief of failure too, the ghostly lost limb feeling that asked who I am if I'm not running my business. Now that quote is such a powerful quote, because I think that that encompasses everything about entrepreneurship, right? The adrenaline Mm -hmm. of the high and like all of these things. But if you have to ask yourself, who am I, if I'm not running my business, there's probably a deeper issue there. And again, I'm not a therapist or anything like that. This is by my research, my testimony, uh, and talks with my therapist. Um, so I do believe there is a healthy hustle. I do. Um, but you have to determine what your healthy hustle is. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps and let's uplevel that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. We wanted to interrupt this episode real fast to chat about counseling. Now, counseling is so often stigmatized in a negative way, and it absolutely should not be. Because Evie and I so firmly support counseling in all stages of life, we were so excited when BetterHelp, an online counseling company, reached out to us to be a sponsor on the show. 
We were able to try it ourselves for a bit and our experiences were incredible. I was even able to go on and fill out a full list of information about myself, my desires in a counselor, including religious beliefs and more. I was matched with an amazing counselor who shares my worldview and I absolutely loved the ability to put preferences like that down on the questionnaire. Something else we genuinely loved about BetterHelp is that they offer four ways to get licensed counseling. Video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. It's honestly incredible. If you've been contemplating counseling but are feeling lost on where to start, we definitely recommend BetterHelp. We both had great experiences with them and have so many friends also loving their services. So we have an affiliate link for you today for 10% off your first month. Just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash heart and hustle. I think that can be related to so many people who love entrepreneurship, who view it as a drug, who view it as... I mean, myself included, my hand is raised right here. Like I love working. I love my job just as I'm sure you both ladies do too. And it, you, if you focus on that, if you derive your worth from that, from your success, from the money, from the followers, from the feelings of elation when you get published or, or things like that, whatever industry you're in, I think it can be super dangerous to like chase that. And this whole entire conversation is reminding me honestly of the title of this podcast, which is Heart and Hustle. And we named it that because hustle, the word in and of itself, I don't think is is good. Or it has like maybe a bad connotation, mainly because of what we're talking about. Because when you're just hustling, when you're chasing and striving after all these things that seem important, but really are meaningless in the long run, if you don't have a solid foundation of mental health, of who you are, of your identity, of your worth, like that is where I think the heart came in, honestly, of this of this podcast and honestly, why we called our education company the Heart University. Um, just everything that you're saying, Vanessa, I literally could not agree. I'm just like snapping in my closet <laughs> right now. Um, I love this conversation. Lindsay, you just said it right. An addiction, right? Again, mm-hmm. think of when we think of addiction, right? I, I shared my story of my parents um, who you know, struggled with addictions of alcohol and drugs. I'm addicted to Starbucks and caffeine, right? Like that's, that's the honest God truth. We can also be addicted (laughs) to work. We can be addicted to exercise. We, and there, there is right. Like when, when I hear, and I wish I was addicted to exercise because I'd have the body of my dreams. Right. But there's also (laughs) a unhealthy addiction to exercise, right? There's always another side of the coin. And if anybody out there doesn't think that you are not addicted to your business, the high of, of running a business, you, you said it best. And again, I, I don't, I don't do drugs, but like, it's like, Ooh, I want to get high and have this feeling of being published. Ooh, I did. Now I want that again. I want that feeling again. Let me try to do it again and again and again. And then if it doesn't happen now, that must mean you're a failure, right? Not that it maybe just this launch didn't work. Or whatever, whatever you tried to do just didn't work. Now I got to go back to the drawing point. No, you're a failure. And what that does to you mentally can be very dangerous. Yeah. Wow. It's so good. I think it's so important to realize, you know, I feel like I've had this conversation with a lot of people recently, actually, about, you know, the addiction of entrepreneurship. And I think it's, this is maybe just me talking, Vanessa, feel free to, to throw in your thoughts too, but I feel like it's important to realize the addictive qualities of entrepreneurship, the dangers, the the minefield that it can be. But it, it, entrepreneurship is not inherently wrong and hustle is not inherently bad. We have to realize that while also realizing the dangers that come with it. And if we can, you know, be aware of 
oh, I can use the elation and the the high of, you know, this successful whatever, earning that money, the successful launch, whatever that looks like to cover up pain or, you know, dissatisfaction or, you know, unhealthy relationship with myself, with my husband, whatever. I think if we recognize that and go in eyes open, it can actually be really powerful and we can use these powerful tools of hustling or, you know, running our own business to become better people, to run wildly successful businesses and to empower and impact the world around us. So I just wanted to throw out there, even while we're talking of the dangers of, you know, all of these things, not taking care of your mental health, you know, becoming addicted to entrepreneurship, whatever. It's also important to realize that if we focus on staying healthy and finding that that healthy hustle in our life and in our businesses, we can actually become like powerhouses in this world of entrepreneurship to empower others to also step out of the dangers and into a healthy path. And I think the two of you have mastered that. There's no, I'm not saying that you two are never going to go through obstacles. That's what I try to do. I've tried to master that so I can then empower others, right? Because, um, we look at social media, we look at all of these things. And, and again, uh, it's actually called impression management where, you know, we've heard it all being more concerned with likes is affecting your mental health more than, you know, if there's an actual term to that called impression management, when we're out here, uh, faking it till you make it. Well, when you do that so much, your subconscious is like, you're a liar. You're a liar. You know, that's not true, girl. You're a liar. Right. And so, um, you know, when we're focused on these things that can be detrimental, but if more people, if more successful people like the two of you sit here and use this platform and talk about it, my hope is that it reminds others that again, there's going to be seasons of hustle and we are all going to be unhealthy entrepreneurs. I, I can tell you right now when I'm an, an unhealthy entrepreneur, October, well, before coronavirus, usually in October, because that's when so many weddings or family sessions happen. But then I create boundaries around that. And then the week before Thanksgiving, it's literally marked in red in my calendar. Why? Because as I mentioned, I created a business that I don't work. I try not to work in December. So everything needs to be done before Thanksgiving because I'm not having clients ruin my turkey. Right. That's like, <laughs> the thing. And everybody wants Christmas cards and all these things. And so I have it written down in red. It, it's a bad word, but it's the S week. It, 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 it's just a crazy week. And I write it every year because I know it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I also can recognize when, you know, sometimes things pile up and all that. And I let my husband and my kids know, hey, guys, this is going to be an unhealthy couple of days. Right? I'm just letting you know that, um, but I'll get back on track. That way, then they can recognize it. And my husband's not concerned. I've told him. And then there's also a due date of this unhealthy streak, right? Two days. I, I told him two days that I got two days to be unhealthy. You guys know you launch a course, you launch anything like it's up all night. It's, it's doing all of these things. So again, I circle back to what you said that there is a healthy hustle and then there's times and seasons of hustle, but it shouldn't be all the time. Yeah. That should yeah. be your everyday. Ugh, so good. I love this. My next question 
in in the lieu of just talking about this is do you have any tools or tips or things that can help other people that might be struggling with similar things like with their mental health in general with depression or just with feeling that loneliness as an entrepreneur just like are there any practical tips that that you could give our listeners um well i think the first thing that i always want to remind people is that you're not alone that's always my biggest thing um i use my platform and I come on podcasts like this and to talk about mental health because I'm like, Hey, this is where you can find me, not for the followers thing or anything, but because if you ever need anything, I am here because you're not alone. I want to like, if I have to just let one person know you're not alone, feel free to DM me if you need to talk or anything. Um, so the very first thing is understanding that you're not alone. You're not crazy. You're not any of these things or these stigmas that are attached to any of these triggers or any mental health illness. Um, secondly, I, I encourage anybody, um, I don't know anybody's financial situation or health, you know, it, but if you can find a therapist or find someone to talk to, um, I encourage that it is not, you know, your spouse. I mean, I, I want you to talk to your spouse and all that, but one of the, I remember a key thing a therapist told me was that my husband was not my therapist. Because I was like, why doesn't he understand X, Y, Z? Because he's not your therapist, right? Um, and so I needed to have someone else outside of my circle, you know, to to talk to. Um, third, figuring out those non-negotiables. Sit down today. And if you were running your best business in the world, what would be your non-negotiables? Maybe you're like me and you don't want to work in December. Maybe you want to go and live in Hawaii for a couple months out of the year because you want to get away from snow because you made the decision to live in snow. So you're like, um, I want to go to Hawaii for you know, like whatever your non-negotiables are and then rework your business plan to do that. Um, I encourage people and I know that we are in the midst of coronavirus, no matter when you guys listen to this podcast, you'd be surprised what vitamin D does to you. To get outside, to get out of the four walls. Again, literally one of the triggers um, of or for entrepreneurs is social isolation. Um, and it doesn't matter how big your office is or your anything like that, the walls tend to cave in. So I encourage you to go outside, find something outside of your business. And you guys, you, you can take my next wedding payment. I promise you that doing something for yourself is not going to ruin your business because I've been there. Oh, if I take a bath, I'm going to miss an inquiry and then my business is going to fail. I go, oh my God, if I go for one, I'm going to miss something and my business is going to fail. Or oh, if I take a vacation, if I take some time off, I'm going to miss all of these things and my business will fail. And I promise you that it won't. And, and once you understand that, you're healthier, you're healthier for your clients, you're healthier for your business. Um, it, it's such an incredible thing. Um, and once I realized that, and if my husband is listening, I did listen to you, babe, that, <laughs> you know, um, my business doesn't fail. If anything, I've had clients that were like, oh yes, you're spending time with your family. Absolutely. Get back to me when you want to. Why? Because on the flip side, I've created a business like that, right? Um, and if they, if they cared, they're not my clients anyways, and that's okay. That's so good. That's so freaking good. I think it's so important in, in every aspect to pay attention to what works for you 
as an entrepreneur that, you know, every person is refreshed in a different way, might be experiencing that, you know, mental unhealth in a different area, but to prioritize taking care of yourself and then your business after that, because if you're not doing okay, your business isn't doing okay. And that's just the bottom line, plain truth. Well, I would even add to that, say, take care of yourself, take care of your family. And then like, don't put your business on a pedestal above like your family. If you have one, I guess, for all the people that... Because we've all been there, right, guys, that we can sit here and say, and I'll be the first one. I have chosen my business and my clients over my family and my daughters over and over and over again, right? That's the honest to God truth. Yeah. And I can't ever get that back. Those are, those are sorries that, you know, that year that I missed my daughter's entire soccer season. And then I got defensive, y'all. I was like, well, I mean, no, I did it. And then, then when I realized I did, then I was like, well, I paid for it. And then like, (laughs) like I got defensive with an eight year old when really I was not trying to look within to see, you know, what I was doing wrong. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I can say that I've done that. And and I guess a lot of times when I've done that, it was because I was running from something. It was, again, I was that unhealthy entrepreneur. And if I can limit someone's um, experience, and if I could prevent just one person to that doesn't have that. Um, one of you guys said, I forgot who it was, but you mentioned foundation in your business. And that is usually how I start my talks or when I talk about mental health, I ask everybody that's listening, are you building your house on a rocky foundation? Are you building your business on a rocky foundation? If any of you guys built a house or anything, the foundation of that home is probably the most important thing. You have a crack or something in it, it'll never work. Your house will always fall, right? It'll look good for a little bit, Right. Like, you know, when, you know, like when you look outside, you're like, oh, that looks good. But on the inside, you know, that is put together by like duct tape and, and, <laughs> and you're praying that a wind gust doesn't come and knock it down. That's not what we want for ourselves. And I don't want that for anybody's mental health. I don't want someone to feel like, you know, that they, they can't stop. Um, and I want people to know that it is okay to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's actually a really beautiful thing. Once you, once you get over that hump, that fear of what am I running from? What, why am I putting so much into my business um, and not my family or myself? Um, why? And, and I still suffer through this a lot. Why am I breaking promises to myself? Right? Mm-hmm. Right where it's like, I'll put on my to-do list that I'm going to go run. And then I'll put, you know, okay. And also edit two galleries or whatever. Guess usually which one happens first editing the galleries and I'm too tired to run. And my therapist said, well, all you do is break promises to yourself. And I was like, oh, ouch. Right. And then, cause <laughs> and then, oh, wait, it got better. He said, would you be friends with someone who kept breaking promises to you? Stopped showing up, said they were going to do something and not do it. And I was like, Ooh. no. And he was like, well, but you do it. And then, then I got yeah. offended because I'm an Instagram too. I was like, whatever, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it did. <laughs> oh, I think that's, that's also, so that funny. makes me think of, of some conversations I've had with students of mine or just friends of mine where, 
you know, I think we've all kind of heard a, a version of this phrase, you know, would, would you allow someone else to talk to you the way that you talk to yourself? Or would you talk to someone else the way that you talk to yourself? And I think that's, you know, those are two really powerful questions of like, would I talk to somebody the way I talk to myself? And would I be friends with somebody who keeps breaking these promises, you know, to me the same way that I break promises to myself? Like those are some really difficult questions to ask yourself for, you know, taking care of yourself and nurturing your own heart and mind. Like, oh, so good. Yeah. Okay, Vanessa, I would love to talk. I know we've talked a lot about COVID and how it's affected a lot of entrepreneurs this year. Do you want to dive in maybe a little bit deeper on how you feel the lockdown, COVID, and just this year in general has affected mental health? And with that kind of a follow-up question, how do you stay hopeful? How would you recommend that a listener listening to this struggling would remain hopeful? Oh, yes. Um, I mean, if you look at any research um, in any psychology today or any place, you can see that um, a lot of articles state that mental health will be probably one of the most hit, you know, most hard hit thing um, with this uh, quarantine and pandemic and all of that. You know, we're stuck inside. Uh, my therapist had told me, you know, what a lot of us are doing right now, we're grieving. We don't realize it, but we're grieving, not, not the horrific amount of deaths or anything like that, but we're grieving our normalcy. We're grieving our loss in business. We're grieving being able to walk outside without a mask, right? Like we're grieving normalcy. Um, and so for me, I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I've been peachy fine and healthy during all of this. Because as I mentioned in the beginning, I moved my business in the midst of this, right? Because good old military moved from Hawaii, which in military terms is an overseas billet, uh, to here in San Diego and all the plans and the roadmap that I've um, created on how to successfully move your business kind of, I couldn't do, I couldn't network. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't do venue tours. I couldn't do anything. So then I had a whole quarter of, you know, feeling behind and being nervous that this business I built for six years, would it, would it survive this? Um, and so because social isolation is a trigger in creative entrepreneurs and their mental health. Um, and most people having, you know, that pre um, they're already have suffered mental health challenges. And then again, mind you, everything, the triggers the having your identity and your self-worth part of our business, when we watch all of that go away, right. Rescheduling, canceling all these things. And it's not our fault at all. But again, we're thinking it's our fault and, and we're, we're struggling with that. So many people have it so much harder than I do. Um, I had to remind myself to bring it back to the basics, right? Our business is changing. The world is changing. How we look at things and how we run our businesses have to be different. And I knew that I had to do one of two things. I could sit here and unpack right? Sit, sit in the mm -hmm. quarantine and unpack and woe is me. And wow, look at all that money that I'm not making and all these things. Or I could use the thing that most creative entrepreneurs ask for all the time. And that was time. We all know, we all do it. Once I have more time, I'll do a new website. Once I have more time, I'll blog. Once I have more time, I'll finish the Heart University course. Once I have more time, 
I will do this. Well, then we were forced time, right? And so I used this time to do exactly that. I launched a new website. I have my mastermind. My daughter started a business. Like I, I ran, I, I, I did all the things that I wish I had more time for. I read books. Um, and what I encourage people, what helped my mental health the most was that I had to stop focusing on what was supposed to have been the, all mm. the supposed to all of us have done it. I was supposed to be at Disney. I was supposed to be shooting this wedding. I was supposed to be here. I was supposed to take this vacation. I was supposed to make this amount of money. Supposed to be. We have all done some of that. Some of us have sat in that for far too long during this quarantine. And if mm. you stop focusing on what was supposed to be and you focus on what is, and how can I be creative? We're creative entrepreneurs. How can I think outside of the box? You know what's keeping me afloat right now? I have floral tub sessions that I'm doing, right? Like, or, or any, anything else, something creative. And when you look at what were the positives and, and of this, and like I mentioned, I launched a website. I, I, I did X, Y, Z. I'm finishing a course. I'm, I'm doing, I'm resting all of these things and finding the positives in this time. And then having that understanding that I'm still working in my business and on my business, right? Because I believe that the ones that stayed numb, right? They're going to have a harder time when the world opens back up on keeping their business afloat, right? Yeah. Um, it's like exercise, right? What, you know, you run today and then you go step on the scale and you're like, oh, the weight hasn't gone away. What you do today is really for the next three months. Right. And so I'm seeing the fruit of my labors, more inquiries, bookings, what have you, because I still worked on my business during that time, making the technical things, working on SEO, working on whatever. And it's paying off now. So I know that what I do now is going to pay off in quarter four. And, it's, you know, but yeah, so how, how I maintained my sanity and not to unpack there was I had to stop focusing on what was supposed to be. So good. Uh, you just spoke to me. I, personally, I know I am not the only one that <laughs> COVID ruined their their dreams. I had a dream elopement in the Dolomites of Italy for this August. And uh, the or Northern Italy is obviously what got hit the most in Italy. Um, so that just was squashed. And so you just spoke to me very well here. Just to like, let it go, Lindsay, let it go. All right. Um, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. But here's the thing. Don't let it go. Like, especially when the day comes, of course, you, or when you were supposed to leave, I encourage you to set a timer, be in it. Don't, you don't have to let it go, right? Be in it. This sucks. Eat your ice cream, drink your wine, feel it, but only for a set time. Right. And then, yes. okay, now I'm moving forward. Right. So, cause remember the anxiety, all those things will come when you try to run from it and be like, Oh, you know what? Let it go. No, feel it. That's what you're supposed to That if anything, that is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed mm -hmm. to feel it. Accept okay. It. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So set the timer, send me, you know, I want, I want you to take a selfie and be like, here, I'm setting my timer of my woe is me moment. <laughs> No, I love that. It piggybacks back to what you said at the beginning. So thank you. Thank you for checking me straight. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but the thing is that you also haven't let that hinder you. We do right. know, and I know that there's a listener out there 
who has let coronavirus hinder them because they sat and stayed in the Mm. supposed to be. Mm. So good. I feel like something that that works for me personally is is such a powerful tool for me. And I am not a therapist in any shape or form. But I personally, something that helps me avoid unpacking, setting up camp and just, you know, putting my stakes in the ground is choosing joy and and gratitude, no matter like the the should have been's like instead of sitting there. And I, I don't know about you, Vanessa, but I feel like that's, I love the idea of just sitting and feeling it for a set amount of time. And then I feel like personally for me, something that I really incorporate that I would, I want to start trying to incorporate after that set amount of time is writing down a list of things and, and items and whatever opportunities that I'm grateful for that have taken the place of that should have been. So, you know, for Lindsay, your example, you, instead of being in Italy, you get to spend time with your husband and your daughter and, you know, you get to rest at home and enjoy your newly, you know, renovated house that is bringing you so much joy. You get to go to the beach or, you know, whatever, like sitting down and and choosing to find silver linings and things to be grateful for. Cause I know for me, gratitude completely shifts my mindset from woe is me. This sucks. I don't like this from looking at the negative. When I turn to look at any positive outcome, it completely shifts my mentality and is such a game changer for me in avoiding setting up camp. Oh, absolutely. Amen. I have uh, Rachel Hollis's start journals. Um, and, and I actually finished like the whole 90 days. It was during quarantine. It's usually I'll skip it and then I forget about it. And But I made it right. And, and it was so nice every day to write five things that I was grateful for. Sometimes yeah. it was just like, literally, it was hard days to find. And it was like, yep. okay, my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot. You know, it seemed like so basic. But then by the time I got to the five of them, you realize, damn girl, you're fine. My bills are paid. You know, my, my kids are good. My husband's hot and handsome and working. And like, your life is better than most. Yes, you don't have this income coming in. Like for me, Lindsay, the first thing I thought it was like, can we talk about the fact that like you got an inquiry and you were booked to go to Italy? I haven't even hit that yet. Okay, so like, <laughs> <laughs> because I, anybody that needs to book me for Italy, I've got to go. Um, <laughs> Just like drop it in there. Right. Like that's a great thing to like be like, well, you know what? I built a damn good business that I was freaking going to Italy. I mean, that's just a dust oh. your shoulder off Beyonce moment. This is yeah. so good. This is like my own personal <laughs> therapy session, y'all. Thank you. This is great. I just I love everything about this. <laughs> oh man. Well, Vanessa, wrapping up, we ask all of our guests this question. It's kind of a big question. It doesn't have to necessarily do with mental health or the topic we even talk about. It can be anything. But what is the biggest lesson that you have learned in business? Ooh, I think one of the biggest things and the most important pieces of advice that I was given was to fail forward. It made the part that failing was going to happen in this business. But if I failed forward, if I every time I failed, I was able to pick myself back up. It still moved the needle a little bit forward. I learned something from it. I was failing forward. 
Um, and I really loved that because again, we hear of the fear of failure and, and all of these things, but we do have to understand that failure is part of the equation of running a business or that's part of life. We are all going to fail, but if we fail forward, we're better off than what we were, you know, the day before or the moment before. And so I encourage everybody to fail forward every time. Oh, yes. That is freaking fire. Need to just take a note on that one. Also, I love that term, fail forward. Oh, Vanessa, you are incredible beyond words. This was such a joy to have you here and chat with you today. For anyone who is listening and is as obsessed with you as we are, where can everyone find you, connect with you, learn from you, hire you, whatever? Just plug it all right here. Oh, yay. Well, um, I, Instagram is my jam. And so I'm at Vanessa Hicks Photography there. I do have a free Facebook uh, education group, Vanessa Hicks Education Community. Um, we have daily tips and it's just a safe community for all creative entrepreneurs. You can definitely find me there. Um, but slide up into those DMs. Let me know if you ever need anything. Uh, I am your girl. And I really want to, I have one quote that I want to end this podcast with. And it is what mental health needs is more sunlight, more candor, and more unashamed conversation. And Evie and Lindsay, I want to thank you for doing just that. I really mm. appreciate it. We oh, appreciate, well, we you, appreciate so you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, for taking time out of your day to let us interview you, for giving our listeners so much wisdom. I know everyone is taking so much away from this episode and I honestly cannot wait for them to hear it. So thank you so much. 